Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Deborah and Jackie in the studio again. And today we're going to talk about the Valley of Dry Bones. Now, this is a great reference to the fact that in this world today, we're dealing with that real sense of, of people just being sick of, of religious pronouncements and even hearing about the Word of God. When people hear about churches or things, there's a great level of boredom or this doesn't relate to my lifestyle. I, I want to live the way I want to live. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of, of this instruction or feeling like I should put any faith in God. And this scripture reference in Ezekiel 37 called the Valley of Dry Bones, it's really talking about the fact that uh, the Lord set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And I was asked, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then it was said to me, prophecy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will live. You will know that I am the Lord. What does that statement really do, Deb? How, how does it empower you in the sense that I'm sure as you have started to become more spiritual uh, over the past few months, um, you have encountered many, many people that openly reject your message. Like I'm not saying that you walk around telling everybody about, you know, how you live your life and what your value system is. We all have to be careful that we pick and choose accordingly, particularly those people who really need to hear a message. And you can tell by how people come across. If someone is really broken and or even if they come out and they say, there's something about you that I really like. There's, there's a light about you. What makes you the way you are? Then you would get an opening to tell people a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But you don't just walk around with a message on your sleeve trying to look down on people who don't live what may be considered a godly life. That's not our place to do. But the point is, there is deep dryness and deep despair in this world that we're living in right now. And these bones, as the biblical reference say, need to come to life. People are really, really broken. We see it all the time, increasingly in more shootings, more violence. There is evil out there. You know, the people are being guided by something, but it's not foundational principles of God. Uh, it's something that's making people angry. It's making them discontent. It's making them do acts of evil. It's mental decline. It's so many topics that we could talk forever about it, and we don't want to take that long in this message. But again, God is saying, search me out. Search me out, and I can take those dry bones in your life, those disconnected things, or those things that you may be le uh, living outside of the obedience of God, and I can turn it into something beautiful mm -hmm. if you'll just take a journey with me. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful, yes, um, for sure. But when I read um, Ezekiel 37 and the inspiration that comes to me, it's, it's from two um, scenarios. One, it comes from the church um, setting, and also it comes from you as the individual setting. Um, there are people who were walking that spiritual life in Christ, and for some reason they get detoured off of that. And so, um, you know, it also represents them. Like, you, we know you're about backsliders, and therefore God can resurrect those bones that you have dismissed and make them spiritual again. Um, also, 
the dry bone represented to the people's spirit, spiritually dead condition. I mean, your church may seem like a heap of dry bones to you, spiritually dead with no hope of vitality, but you, as God promised to restore his nation, he can restore any church, no matter how dry or dead it may be. Rather than giving up, pray for renewal, for God can restore it to life. The hope and prayer of every church should be that God will put his spirit into it. And in fact, God is at work calling his people back to himself, bringing new life into dead churches, right? And, and like I was baptized when I was 13, but I haven't really lived that spiritual fullness of my life all these years, right? And so this scripture speaks to me because now God has, you know, breathed his life back into me. He's restored my bones, my muscles, my Mara. Like I've, I've now feel filled with that spiritual connection again, right? Because my bones were so dried and broken and dead. And I, I wasn't, I didn't care to resurrect it, but I couldn't even resurrect it if I wanted to do that myself because I don't have that capability. I have to allow God's um, spiritualness to, to heal me, to bring me back. And so the problem today too, also Jackie, a lot of churches are um, giving you watered down versions of preaching the word of God because they don't want to annihilate and they don't want to hurt feelings and they don't want to bring, you know, controversial, uh, contro controversy and they don't want to, you know, make people feel like, oh, this message is intended for you because, or there's all sort of things that people are doing to please the crowd by watering down the message of God, right? And then they're actually putting their church at risk of spiritual deficiency because the word of God is supposed to be like a two-edged sword. It's supposed to cut you and pace you. That's what the word of God is supposed to It's supposed to convict you, right? And if you're there preaching the word of God, and this is why a lot of people, do they really not want to go to church? Do they really not believe? Because even an atheist, as much as he says from his lips that I don't believe in God, deep down in his heart, he knows there's a God. He's just full of pride not to want to admit it because a lot of people who are atheists, They've had encounters with God and because they feel like their encounter with him was just not what they expected. So they reject him. Right. And so they come up with this philosophy. There is no God, let alone us who really know him, who accept him, who recognize him. Right. And we're still not living the life that he ordains for us. And then we have preachers who are supposed to be the leaders that is supposed to tell us Everybody could say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. What does that even mean? Are you a child of God? Are you walking in his command? Are you following his guidance? Are you reporting to him every second, every minute? Are you being intimate with him? Are you praying to him? Do you have a relationship with him? Right? And so the, the churches are not teaching about how to, how to construct a relationship with God. They're just telling you. In fact, the church doesn't even talk about sex. What are the dangers of sex? Right. Why shouldn't we sex is like uh, in one of the scriptures, I can't remember, but it says that's sexual immorality is one of the worst sin that we could commit, which is what this world is being built upon right now. Sexual immorality and churches are just dismissing that subject and preaching about everything around that subject as if we're not we're not, you know, knowledgeable about sex. Even the babies know about it. 
So why would you not want to tell your, 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 your followers about it? Why wouldn't you want to speak about how much your body is a temple? Why would you not want to speak about, oh, because you're getting donation and you don't want to hinder that, you see? And so leaders are compromising the word of God. They're compromising our spirituality. And I think there's a block in there and God is going to move the, the, the God is going to move in a way that he's going to separate as my grandma uses, he's going to separate the sheep from the goat, the wheat from the twin, from the train. So we have to know where we are, who we are and who we're serving because church can't save you. Pastor can't save you, but the word of God and the blood of Jesus Christ can save you. And only if you want it, he's not going to force himself on you. Right. And those leaders have an accountability that they're going to have to answer to God for leading his sheep astray. Right. Woe unto that man that leads his flock astray. So I, I think it's a triple down from the church setting. Why so many people are out here, not in the church. They're out there believing that God doesn't exist and that the church is not a good influence and that the church doesn't teach anything because the church is watering down the sermon. They're not preaching anything. And so they become dry bones. Even though they're in there, they're dry as a bone and they need restoration. So it's true because people are so afraid also that the church will just be conviction and condemnation. Yeah. And as you said, so importantly, your own intimate relationship with God, your personal knowledge of his word is what will transform you. Yeah. Nothing else. It cannot, Nothing else. It cannot be forced upon you. You can't shame people to change. You know what I mean? Exactly. You can't say to them what, what you're doing, how you're living. You're going to go to the, the bad place down below. You know, you're going to pay a price for who you are. And how, mm -hmm. that does not change people. It does not. Change has to come from you on your terms when you are ready. That's how you turn those dry bones into something that comes to life. Because what comes to life is your spirit in you as a person. Yeah. And that's where you bring God into your soul. You know, when you bring it there, that's when the change begins. And everybody has to realize that that change is totally and unequivocally individualized. As Deb said, Jesus will knock on the door, but he's not going to force his way into your life. You're going to have to open it to let him come in. And only you know when you have bottomed out, so to speak, or when you have reached the point where you need another direction in your life and you're going to be on the hunt for God's word. You're going to be hungry for it. And that's when most of the change and transformation will take place in your life. Yes. And also to, you know, um, one of the things that I find with many Christians, and I think that is the mistake as to why a lot of people feel the way they feel about Christianity. You know, this people don't really mock Muslims and all these Hindus, and they don't mock them. They only mock Christians because they find that Christians have this sense of arrogance in terms of judging people and looking down on people and prosecuting those who are not part of God's kingdom. But Paul says, you know, Paul says in, um, let's see here, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, when we were talking about male prostitutes and homosexuality, especially the LGBTQ community, they've got so many backlashes. I mean, even right now, Uganda basically ban any homosexuality. You would go to jail or even death penalty. I think it's even that right? way in the Caribbean. I was reading that yeah. you, you can still be yeah. sentenced to jail right? in Jamaica for and, for 
And, and what Paul is basically saying is that Christian must be careful, however, to condemn only the practice, not the people. And I think there's so many condemnation among the church towards unbelievers. That's why they're not in the church. Because if I come to church and I may not dress the way that you expect me to dress, though I should know better, but don't worry about what I'm wearing. Worry about my heart being clean. Worry about... Con- trying to preach the word to me so it can convict me and convert me and conform me and change my mind and transform my mind, right? So we worry too much about the things that we see and not so much about the things that we don't see, which is people's heart, right? Somebody might come to church, smell a weed, and you're like, oh, oh, oh my God, you smell, you reek. Like, how is God even going to transform you? No, but the fact that he shows up, looking for that opportunity to find God and you're worried about how he smells as opposed to give him the word and not condemn him. So there's so many condemnation that's happening around the world among us as Christians and non-Christian that we need to stop it. We're supposed to be condemning the practices that we do, not the the person. Yeah. And don't point fingers. This is not an LGBTQ issue. This is not a racist issue. You just say, listen, the first commandment is love. This is a human issue. This is a, it's a human race issue. Yes. Let's just come together and love each other. Mm-hmm. Speak love. Preach love. Love can conquer everything. The Bible says that. And because we don't preach love enough, hate takes its place. Jealousy takes its place. Mm-hmm. Envy takes its place. Anger takes its place. And love is just out there somewhere waiting to be received. By who? Who's going to receive love if you don't give love, right? If you don't show love. And, how, and the Bible says, how could you say that you love, you hate your brother and love, your, and love your, your father who you don't see? So if I could say I love you, but I can't see God and say I love God, I'm a hypocrite. Then that love is not real. Yeah. And I heard a great phrase that supplements what you're just saying, and that is, Love is not a feeling. And this is what people don't understand. Yes. Love is how you treat people. It's unconditional. That is what love is. Yes. That is how you show your love, is how you treat someone. It's, okay? It's not this wonderful, oh, I'm up in the clouds. I, you know, I feel fantastic. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yes. It is how you treat people, how you include them, how you give them the respect that they deserve, regardless of what you may consider a lifestyle or any aspect of them that is different than yours. Mm-hmm. You have to treat them fairly and yeah. decently. And we do, you know, like Canada have this thing, oh, we're all, we're a diverse country and we're inclusive. But you're only, you're only that way to certain people. You don't spread that right across the board. That doesn't include certain culture, certain ethnicity. So what is, what, what, what is your inclusiveness? What is your diversity? Like, what is the, what are your ethnicity like? You know, and so if these are leaders who are setting these parameters for us to follow, but they're not even follow through on it, how can we even do it? Right. And that's why we have to prefer our leaders of our country to, to make the right vision for the people, to make the right vision and their decision for the country. And we're not doing that. That's why this world is in such a mess because love, the foundation of who we are, love is what brought Jesus down, made from the invisible to the visible. Love is what took him to the cross. Love is what made him shed his blood. Love is what made him have mercy and grace and forgiveness and love for us. Love. 
Amen. And we don't have that. And so our world will be a continued dry bones that need spiritual healing, that need spiritual, spiritual nourishment. And we can only get that from Jesus Christ. Indeed. Well, I hope this segment fill you and restore you and refill you in any way, shape or form, because we can do all things through Christ Jesus. Father, your word said, love is the first commandment. Love thy neighbors as you love thyself. And Father, we love you according to your words, according to your actions that you've done for us. Help us to, to, to show that love to our neighbors. Help us to restore any broken, anything that is, that is not in accordance with you, O oh God, by your will. Help us to show mercy. Help us to show grace. Help us to forgive. Help us to bear the fruit of the Spirit, God, because that's who you are. Help us to let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.